Turn with me to 1 Peter 1.13 in the Amplified. Uh, we're done with our theme of supernatural expansion. Uh, we're going to continue to declare over that over your life, over this community. But uh, over the month of December, uh, these individual words that God gives those that take this, uh, this uh, platform. But today, uh, I'm so uh, excited to read from 1 Peter 1.13 in the Amplified. It says this. So prepare, everybody say prepare, prepare. your minds for action. Be completely sober in spirit, steadfast, self-disciplined, spiritually and morally alert. Fix your hope completely on the grace of God that is coming to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. I want to talk from this subject of preparing for God's next move. Preparing for God's next move. God, breathe on this message. Open our hearts. Transform us in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, See, as we walk in the Spirit, in this hour, there's a reoccurring theme. Call them spiritual whispers, if you may. Spiritual whispers that are saying preparation leads to acceleration through expectation. A sense of all things pointing to God's vision. This harvest, this great billions of live harvest that God wants to awaken upon this earth, in this city, in this state, in this nation, around the globe, all things pointing to this. God is preparing you and I for such a time as this. Sometimes we don't understand how God's gonna move next. We don't know how he's gonna move in our finances coming into the new year. We don't know how he's gonna shift things in our marriage and, and bring it to a place of thriving. We wonder, I wonder sometimes, am I in the right place? Am I praying enough? Am I positioned for the schedule outpouring that the Holy Spirit has for my life, for your life? But sometimes we have to, we have to remain in this posture that we have to prepare. Todd White always says this, I never turn the light off, I'm always on. As a believer, I'm always on. I'm always praying. I'm always giving. I'm always believing. I'm always encouraging. I never turn off. There's no vacation for a believer because we want to see this advance. We want to see this zeal push harder. It's no longer time for any lackadaisical Christianity. This Bible says, so prepare your minds for action. So right now in this moment, you can pre-decide to see revival in 2023. You can pre-decide what your marriage is going to look like. You can pre-decide how you're going to be a friend. You can pre-decide to forgive and see your family come and see revival. You can pre-decide. Joyce Meyer says God is never late, but he's rarely early. What shall we do, Lord? How do we prepare for this? I love the NFL. I'm praying for the Denver Broncos. I'm not going to bail the train of the Denver Broncos, even though we've had a failed season. But a wide receiver's role has an assignment. They have a route to run. They have a specific route. When the quarterback calls the play, they run the route. And in any instant, they run 15 yards down the, the, the field, they cut to the right, and then they cut back in. And in an instant, the ball could be coming their way. In an instant, if we are prepared and ready, running our assignments, God's blessing could become chasing you down. In just a moment, Luke 12, 40 says this, you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. We, we could think of the negative side. Oh, well, gosh, I got to get ready because, but the, no, 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 look at the positive, look at the faithful side. It means that you can be prepared for the return of Jesus. 
It means you can be positioned and prepared for what God is going to do next. You can position yourself for the miraculous breakthrough that God has in store for you as soon as January 1 hits. God has something in store. Be prepared in season and out of season, season 2, Timothy 4.2. This is Paul speaking to his disciple, Timothy, and he's saying, before you teach, before you train, before you build, are you willing to prepare? No matter what you, season of life that you're in, are you ready, ready to prepare? Because preparation is an indication of what you are expecting. Show me what you're preparing, and I'll show you what you're expecting. Show me what you're praying, and I'll show you what you're expecting. You see, show me a bride-to-be. Any bride-to-be, any woman that's a bride-to-be, oh my goodness. They got all the magazines, the journals, the fabric swatches, all the websites. They are expecting to marry, so they're expecting to prepare. An expectant mother, man, when Becky was first expecting with Jai, man, she was preparing the room, the clothes. We spent $1,000 on a stroller. Gosh, I cannot believe we spent that, but we did. But because preparation is the first indication of what you are daring to become. Would you dare to prepare for God's move in this city, in this region, in this state? Would you dare to align yourself to represent God? You see, Noah could not see. He didn't know what the flood looked like. He didn't know what a boat looked like. Man, people were walking past him and mocking him and laughing at him. He didn't have an ultrasound uh, to give him a sign and a signal. He didn't have birthing signs. No, he had simple obedience to put himself in line with what God is going to do next. We have to, the church has to, and so many of us, do you realize, there's 21 days to Christmas? And some of you are gonna be so procrastinating and so last minute that you're gonna be banging on the shopping windows. But we have to prepare. Everybody say prepare. And some breakthrough takes our participation. See, if someone came up to you and says, I have a check, I wanna pay off all your debt, could you tell them the exact amount of debt to be paid off? You see, are you prepared? If a book publisher came your way and they called you and said, I wanna finance you, will you be ready to catch the ball? You're waiting for a husband, you're waiting for a, a future wife, but God's saying, no, I wanna prepare you. No more delays, get ready, prepare your heart. This next year, we are, we are declaring a revival resolve. Your life next year will look more like Jesus. Your life next year will smell like the smoke of his presence. Your life next year will look supernatural. Your prayer life will go to a relentless, desperate place. Your, the, your understanding of the word of God will be challenged and you will grow in the wisdom and the knowledge of the word. There will be a revival resolve that when you walk into a restaurant, you have to pray for somebody. There will be a revival resolve that you will look like God, but it can't come from just intention. We have to pre-decide, this is who we will look like. I have declared that 2023, that meant for Aaron Lucas, my life will look like revival. My, 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 the, my marriage will look like revival. My family will look like revival. God does not want you to have the, the, the revised version of 2022 step into 2023. 
He doesn't want what you were in this hour to step into the new hour. Today, you can decide to prepare. And God wants to exceed through your preparation the expected in your life. That's why Ephesians 3.20 in the Passion Translation says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. See, every single one of you work in a specific field. If someone was to come to you and say, I have uh, one of the top people in your fields that wants to spend 30 minutes with you, I guarantee that you wouldn't be flippant with that meeting. You would prepare the questions. You'd think about honoring every 30 minutes exactly what to do. God is saying, why don't you, why don't you prepare to ask me for the blessings that I have ready to come your way? Why don't you prepare to, to, to step into my immeasurably more, my audacious? Too many of us just scratch the surface. God, just keep the building open and the lights on and I'll be happy. Low-level asking comes from low-level thinking. And God wants us to raise our sights and prepare for what God is going to do next. So many of the, if you're a millennial in this place, you're more interested in posting than you are in progress. You're more interested in what you look like in the facade of a social media realm than what the transformation that takes place in your hearts. See, God wants to do far more than you can possibly think. And I love in 2 Kings, if you read and you, you, you pay attention to Elisha's life, Elisha had been, hadn't been mentioned. The name Elisha hadn't been mentioned for 45 years. That means Elisha was staying on his post, preparing for God's next move, even though it took 45 years. There's something about staying on your post, the lost art about being planted. See, you will never fulfill purpose until you commit to your posts to fulfill what God wants to, to fulfill in our lives. And see, today, how do we prepare? And I just, I, I, I feel like we just have to fixate our gaze before we step into the new year. We have to return, not to, the, not to the systems of the kingdoms, not to the, not to the supernatural manifestations, all good things, not to the signs, not to the wonders, not to the miracles, but we need a fresh vision of Jesus. I just felt like Jesus just telling me, Aaron, I, just, I need to reveal myself to my people. I need to reveal myself to my bride. We, we, we cannot uh, manufacture, we cannot default. You know how easy it is to default how church used to be? You can default to how you approached church uh, three years ago before the, the, the pandemic touched. You can go back to who you used to be, and, but you cannot. When you get a fresh vision of Jesus, when you truly see the reality of our Savior, everything changes. And we owe the world an encounter with the real Jesus. We owe the world, men, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Can you prepare for God's next by not just seeking the kingdom, but seek the king that rules the kingdom? We have to be, man, the, the, this, his name is Jesus, and he's not just someone that we visit on Sundays. He's not just someone that we hire when we have a problem in our lives. Man, we, our entire life is structured around this decision, this vision of Jesus that we have. 
Your life in 2023 will be structured the vision of Jesus. See, all of us have a budget, a personal budget that we approach next year, that we structure the entire year around that financial budget. In the same way, the blood of Jesus has cashed an unlimited check and saying, would you draw unto me and I will draw unto you. I want you to see me in all of my magnificence. See, and Jesus is whispering, whispering. He wants you to join the disciples that when, that when they were with Jesus, their hearts burned within them. Man, see, for 21 years now, I've been in a marriage, and I've just, every day, I'm just, I look at Becky, and I'm just captivated. I'm just captivated by the, her beauty and, and just her laugh and just, just the enjoyment that I have being around her. And if you, if you dig deep into other synonyms of captivate, uh, there's a synonym of hunt and capture. A true hunter is patient and waits for the opportune moment to capture. So Jesus wants to prepare us to reveal himself in a greater manner. And he reveals himself to those who are closest to him. Peter, James, and John, come with me to the mountain. I'm about to transfigure. I'm about to reveal myself in a greater manner where it says that his face shone like the sun and the clothes became as white as a light. Jesus is looking for those that will be so head over heels in love with him to give a fresh vision, a fresh vision of his salvation. Come on, can we, can we not just come around communion? Can we not just come around this, this thing, but man, be so desperate every single day and so humbled that we get on our knees and we say, God, while you on the cross, you thought of me? God, that you, I was worth you dying. I, I wasn't, I didn't deserve it. We can never get flippant or familiar with the fact that he's our savior. Jesus, would you reveal yourself that you didn't come because humanity had a need for a doctor to give us a physical exam or a doctor to, to prescribe us pills that we could change our moods or to give us a bag of money for our enjoyment or to give us a philosopher to explain why we exist or a self-help formula so we could fix our problems. No, he gave us the person of his son. He gave you and I the person. Our greatest need was a savior. We cannot step into next year in religious duty and seek out the system of the kingdom and not the king himself because we'll come up empty, we'll come up void. We'll start to lose the passion and the drive for church, togetherness, community, discipleship. It's about the savior, it's about the person, it's about a, a fresh vision. Come on, everybody say, I need a fresh vision of Jesus. Say it again, I need a fresh vision of Jesus. I need a fresh vision that he's my friend. I need a fresh vision that he doesn't want to be distant from me. I need a fresh vision that, that he doesn't want to just have a pre-service three-minute chat with me on Sundays. I need a fresh vision that he yearns to spend time with me, that companionship has always been his goal. Companionship has always been his goal. In Acts 4.13, the, 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 the people were astonished with uh, Peter and John because these ordinary men had been with Jesus, and they're like, men, they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Our city needs to know people that have been with Jesus, that, 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 that sense this know that, man, Jesus is my best friend. I'm never alone. I'm never isolated. I'm never forgotten. I'm never undervalued. Just because my name wasn't called, just because I didn't get a, a, a certificate, just because I didn't get a, an honor reward. No, I am absolutely in love with my best friends. 
See, a, a best friend that has the title of best friend is someone that sets themselves apart from the crowd. A true friend earns a higher level of trust because they prove themselves loyal over a period of time. No one has proven themselves more than Jesus. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. He has already demonstrated the most glorious friendship to you and I. He is a proven friend. He is a proven friend, not only just proven, proven that he was willing to suffer it all for you. Come on, get a fresh vision of Jesus. Get a fresh vision of Jesus. A fresh vision of Jesus does not tickle your emotions in a service and then you walk out dry and not changed. A fresh vision of Jesus says, man, Jesus in Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. And so many of us want to know the power of his resurrection. So many of us want to lay hands on the sick. So many want to, you know, see the, the dead raised and see... People get out of wheelchairs, but none of us want to participate in his sufferings. Participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in death. Could 2023 articulate to the world that Christ is crucified in your life? That he wants to enter our lives through the breaking, through the hardship of this holy journey. And I guarantee every single one of us have a story of the hardships of the breaking of 2022 the hardships and the breakings, but let me encourage you, the knowledge of Christ's sufferings through those moments only leads to love. Only leads to greater breakthrough. See, that's why Jesus chose at the Garden of Gethsemane this holy path of suffering. That's why he chose to, to keep his head up during the betrayals, knowing what was on the other side, that our beautiful Lamb of God covered in human spit, mingled with blood and completely beaten and was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 56, 7. said, I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting because the sovereign Lord helps me. I will not be disgraced, therefore I've set my face like flint and I know I will not be put to shame. This God so loved you and I that he kept the scars in his hands for one reason, that you'll be continually reminded that he is your salvation, that he is your best friend, that he is the one who suffered for you and not only suffered for you, but that he is King Jesus. Revelations 19, 16. Now, come on, you need to soak this in. I mean, all morning this morning, I'm just, from 4.30 onwards, I'm just, I start, reading and I start praying, I start reading, I start praying, I start crying and I'm wiping my tears, hoping my son doesn't come out, the, uh, out of his room and see his dad in tears. And I'm just like, man, everything in 2023 will be structured on how you see Jesus. And in his kingship, we are stepping into some of the scariest times. The Bible is very clear that the systems of this world will be shaken in the end times. It's very clear that the gross darkness that we see, and even to the sense of, you've got to understand this, there is a global makeup company that just uh, distributed a commercial with a, uh, with a, a woman with satanic uh, blood ritual all over her body, marketing makeup to subliminally condition the youth of our nation for satanic sacrifices. So I say this in saying that things will get more unstable. Things will get more chaotic. 
We want them to, to, to shift, to change, to go back to the glory days, but I want the end time days. I want what Jesus prophesied. I want to prepare to step in to the, the, the sufferings, to step into the trials. Bring it on because guess what? We are resilient, we are relentless, and we are empowered by the Spirit of God. And we're moving into this next season with a fresh vision of Jesus, a fresh vision of his love. Even in Acts 17, 7, that says, come on, there is another king. Despite the leaders of the land, are you, is your life declaring there is another there is another king, his name is Jesus. And be assured that he is our only and greatest hope. Be assured that man, when he enters your heart, he becomes your king. And when he becomes your king, now you're his responsibility. That no weapon conformed against you will prosper. That you will move in a direction with zeal, with passion. See, there is no other king that has the power and glory of Jesus. There is no one more beautiful. There's no one that lives in more of a majestic, magnificent palace. There's no one else that can call heaven his throne and earth his footstool. His name is Jesus. And he is king of your life and he is king of my life. He is king. And although the, the kingdom of this world fails, the system of this world fails, he is deemed and will forever be deemed faithful, accessible, reliable. He is King Jesus. You need to understand who he is, that he has given you access. Psalm, Psalm 114 says this, we have an open door to his chamber. You have an interest, you have access, not only that, but you have a, a personal one-on-one -on -one session with him every single day if you want to. He is king and we need this vision. Our, the, our lives depend on you and I stepping to this place. King Herod and the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the lands, when Jesus was brought before him, asked this question to Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? And come on, in this moment when you read that, only the Holy Spirit can reveal the weight of this situation. Because Jesus looked nothing like a king. He looked nothing like a king. He hadn't slept all night. He hadn't ate. He hadn't drank water. From the moment of his capture, he was being beaten, whipped, the beard plucked from his, his, his chin. I mean, he didn't have a robe of a king. He had a filthy, unkempt, stained with blood robe. He had the odor of the dungeon upon him. He had, his face was not groomed, it was bloody, it was swollen. His, his beard plucked out, not, covered not in gold, but with the spit of men. It's like, it's like this, it's like a, if a model, a, a guy or a girl model all of a sudden gets in a, a car crash and, and it catches on fire and a part of their face burns on, on fire and, and they're almost unrecognizable. And all of a sudden they're back in, in, the, in the scene of modeling and, and one, of, one of the person asks them, are you a model? Are you, are, are you really the king of the Jews, and Jesus in this greatest shame and humiliation answered before you and I, I declare on this day, I am and will forever be your king. You need a fresh vision of Jesus, my friend. You need a fresh vision of Jesus. Matthew 25 gives us a story that breaks this down. The wise and the foolish, the virgins, the lamps, the oil, go and read it. We don't have time to totally unpack it. But the wise were eagerly waiting in expectation and preparing for his arrival. 
The fools did not in anticipation, and so the wise were welcomed into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut behind them. In contrast, the foolish backed, uh, came back and ran to the, to the door, to the gate, and started begging. And Jesus says these words. The groom answered, I tell you the truth, I do not know you. Preparation for what God's going to do next starts with a fresh vision of Jesus. You cannot step out of these doors operating in a religious spirit. And I declare and I command any unclean spirit in this house to be cast out in Jesus' name. Any wrong thinking to just fall to the ground right now in this moment. It cannot be about a religion. It cannot be about position. It cannot be about chasing the systems of the kingdom. So many of us, women, in the late 90s, early 2000s, we went from a move of the spirit to, to leadership formulas. And we started to shape the church about what we can, we can control. It's not about what we can control. It's about surrendering and submitting as a lifestyle to the Holy Spirit so that he can build his church and truly give the bride a fresh vision of who Jesus Christ is. If I could have the keys out and Caitlin out, that'd be awesome. Number two is this. We gotta pre-decide to let the Holy Scriptures define success and greatness in your life. If you wanna prepare for God's next, you must let the Holy Scriptures define success and greatness in your life. Colossians 2.8. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception. Suedo intellectual babble, according to the tradition and musings of mere men, following the elementary principles of this world rather than following the truth, the teachings of Christ. You see, Jesus depends on his bride in this hour. Did you realize that? He depends on your yes. He depends on your assignment. He depends on you sticking to your post. He depends on you stepping to a place with a fresh vision of Jesus to define success by the Holy Scriptures, relationships, friendships, family, career, deep motive for living life. Guess what? You can pre-decide in 2023, I will not be offended. Could we be the body, could we be the community that exemplifies love in such a way that we are living by the Holy Scriptures and transformed by the power of the Word of God that we exemplify to the world an unoffendable lifestyle? To step into a place. Come on, if we, we know you love the Father by how you love Jesus, but the only way we know you love Jesus is by how much you love the Word of God. That's why internship is so important. That's why studying the Word of God is so important. That's why remaining humble and saying, God, Jesus, so many Christians do this. Jesus, I want you to be a part of my life. Jesus, I want you to be a part of our services. We're going to do A, B, C, D, and E, and you can fit in right here. How can the one that eternity itself dwells within Christ be a part of anything? He needs to be everything. Hear me when I say this. And I don't know why I'm speaking to husbands, but hear me when I say this. Jesus needs to become everything. Let go of your anger. Let go of your attitudes. Let go of your sin. And let Jesus reveal himself. Let the Holy Scriptures define your success because to make him part of our lives or our agenda, it just proves that you don't see rightly through the lens of the Word of God. That you need to see Jesus rightly. 
You need to see that he is the word, that he is basically wisdom personified. The personification of wisdom himself is Christ. It's always been about Christ. And in this hour, Luke 18 says this, so be careful how you listen. So for whoever has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given, and whoever does not have a longing for truth, even what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. You see, his instructions are his commands, and his commands lead to life, and life abundantly. And the devil knows this. I remember when I first stepped into a place of deception, and someone prayed over me and, and, and just cast a, a, you know, the, the, the oppression of a dumb spirit. I was like, a dumb spirit? What do you mean a dumb spirit? I'm not dumb. I got a 3.9 great GPA. I mean, I was, you know. But be careful how you listen. For everyone who has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given. You prepare by pre-deciding to say, God, your holy scriptures are gonna define my next step. Your holy scriptures. Come on, don't stop with, with what you learned 10 years ago. Don't stop just because you went through a life group three years ago and you, feel that, you still feel that your tank is full. Don't stop. Get into the entirety of the word. Turn your passions and affections towards the word of God. Let that define the success. What's the success of this house? Man, is it the praise party that happened three weeks ago where all of you sweat like you never sweated before? I guarantee you sweat like that more than any time 2022. Man, I was bucket loads of sweat. It was like dripping on this stage. Is it the success of seeing a, a woman get out of a wheelchair? Is it the success of, you know, I'll, I'll attend when I feel God leads me to attend or I'll, 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 I'll do that when I, I feel God was gonna do that. I mean, it's pretty black and the white. Jesus doesn't water anything down. He's screaming in his holy scriptures, this is the way. This is how you do it. This is what I desire for you. If you can just, if you can just step into this place consistently, focus on it exclusively, then you're gonna see the impact that you desire. And so for so many of us, we're chasing the systems of the kingdom we're, we're, we're chasing the reward of the kingdom and we're not looking to his last command being our first priority. We're not looking to his last message to be our first option. In our greatest mission, in Matthew 28, when Jesus said, go and make disciples. When he said, go and make disciples, can you pray decide? next year that you will make disciples that you will take people on a journey that you will become a leader in the house discipling and helping other believers commit to jesus in spirit and in truth it has to be everybody it has to be every single one of us man i'm going to make thursday mornings at 5 30 open for men's prayer i'm going to make 12 o'clock on thursdays open to come and pray because i want to grow in my prayer life i want to be discipled by people i'm going to open tuesday mornings at 5 30 to gather around five other guys come on four or five that's all it takes but could we adhere to the scripture and say jesus i'm going to say yes to what you have commanded of me that's my success. And number three is this. This house, in order to prepare for what God's going to do next, we need to prepare by a sustained cry for revival must fill 
the atmosphere. A sustained cry for revival must fill the atmosphere. Saying yes to a covenant marriage. I remember when my bride, she was, I was 20, she was 18. She came in on a horse. There was dry ice underneath the bridge. And she had braids and she looked like, it was like Robin Hood all over again. Bub publicly declaring that Becky Lucas, you are my one pursuit. A sustained cry of revival comes when you and I declare, Jesus, you are my one pursuit. Jesus, I sever my heart's affections and attachments with this world. I sever my butts, I sever my excuses, and I give my heart to you. Jesus, I want to look upon you. I know it's going to cause discipline, cost discipline, it's cost deliberate focus and effort. I know it's going to take me saying no to anything that competes with the Holy Spirit, but a sustained cry of revival is a sustained conversation with the God of the universe himself. A sense that this house will move into the new year, placing the highest priority and value on prayer in this house. The sustained conversation, the sustained sense of victoriousness. John G. Lake, man, even almost to the detriment of his family, man, when he was home, he was so addicted to prayer, not because it brought more people to attend a church, not because it brought more people to be healed, but he was addicted to the very presence of the King himself. But you understand prayer, when you understand, man, that you can be transfigured, and that things, supernatural things can take place, man, as far, as far as this house goes, the highest priority and value of this house is prayer because Jesus needs a sustained cry, a revival. And we will never be victorious with a lifestyle of prayerlessness. This will not be a house of prayerlessness. Come on, Romans 13, 11 says, to live like this is all more the urgent for time is running out and you know it is a strategic hour in human history. It is time for us to wake up. It's time for us to wake up. Prepare in his presence. Why don't you close your eyes? I'm gonna ask Caitlin to just sing this chorus over us this morning as we look to conclude.
you to make a vow. Prepare in your heart right now. Pre-decide. Jesus, you're my one pursuit. If my eyes are staring into your eyes, I'll never wander off. If I can articulate who you are face to face, I'll never be led astray. Jesus, we make a vow that next year we're defined, we're marked, our success comes from Holy Scriptures. That our life will be structured around it. Not with Jesus a part of it, but Jesus at the center of it. And through that, God, a sustained cry. This cry, Lord, to see you move upon this earth see thousands and thousands of people receive the gift of salvation to taste the love and forgiveness of our God to see that Jesus had them on their mind when he was on the cross and that they are worthy they are worthy of a savior to die for the sinners of this world and we thank you Jesus we thank you we thank you we thank you surrendered and say, God, I'm so sorry. I repent. I see that Jesus died on the cross for my sin and my shame. I see that he, three days later, he rose again. He's not a dead God. He's alive. It's not one other God on this planet that is deemed a God. They're all dead. Jesus is alive. And he died for your sin, for your shame, for my sin, for my shame. He's knocking on the door of your right hand, your heart right now and he's saying, Would, do you want to receive this gift? You want to come home? He wants you to come home. Your Father in heaven wants to know you. He loves you. 
You're redeemed through the blood of Jesus. It's not by earning your way to heaven. No, Jesus did it all. And he's saying, would you come home? On the count of three, every eye looking this way, online, comment, let us know. Every eye looking this way. Do you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right in this moment? We'd love to pray with you. On the count of three, just raise your hand. Say, yes, Pastor, and that's me. I want to receive Jesus in this moment. One, two, three. That's you in this place. Just raise your hand. Say, yes, Pastor Aaron. That's me right now in this moment. It's a bold decision, but every service, we want to make sure that everybody is at the opportunity. Awesome. 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 With every hand raised towards heaven, Father, we just thank you, Jesus. I just want to spend more time in your presence. But thank you, Lord, for, for this moment. God, that, Lord, we would not just let these words be water off the back, but, Lord, let these words prick and transform and change. Jesus, let, it, let you become our one pursuit as we prepare to step into our revival resolve. We praise you and we love you in Jesus, Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Amen. Let's give God a shout of praise.